right, welcome to this week's episode of the Shot Maker Podcast. I am so excited because I think this is a topic that we all think about. We all don't always like to think about, but it exists. Um, you know, so what we're talking about is performing under pressure which as sports fans, <laughs> we see a lot, but also really tying it back to business, right? Because we always have pressures that we're feeling and we always have to perform. So I think as our first one that we wanted to talk about, which, uh, you know, Chris <laughs> knows a lot about as a Patriots fan, you know, Tom Brady in the undefeated season in his Super Bowl, right? What would yeah. you say to that? Oh, I think he cracked under pressure in the very last game of the season. And Eli rode in and stole the trophy because he didn't crack under pressure. Yeah. He performed. And I think when you dissect that, right, like the first thing is just unbelievable pressure that right. he had, right? So it wasn't just a Super Bowl. Right. It was this the undefeated season. season. Right. Tony been done once. Yeah. Right, and so all the dolphins okay. sitting there. Voting against them, throwing the voodoo down. In their little colored jackets. <laughs> Ready for the open the bottle of champagne. They had the champagne there and ice. Always, <laughs> yep, it's always waiting. So, yeah, it was a lot of pressure for him. And, you know, this is the, one of the times that he didn't pull through. Yeah. Yeah, and I think as we tie that, you know, the conversation of pressure back to business, I think the one thing there is, you know, it's such a question in sports if you should acknowledge the pressure. Right, like I think a lot about, I know in golf that's talked about a lot, like acknowledging, okay, this is a big deal, right? And sometimes I think you think, okay, I'll just convince myself it's not, or I'll convince myself it's just like any other football game. And that clearly didn't work for Tom right. right. No, I, I believe you have to own the moment. You know, when that, when that spotlight shine on bright, you gotta shine bright. Yeah. You know, you gotta know what's on, what's on the table. What, what am I doing this for? What am I gonna get out of it? And you know, it's the biggest moment of my life. I want to achieve it. If you try to downplay that, you're probably not going to play at your best. Yeah. In any sport, right? And same in business. If, if, for me, when I was running the restaurants, and we, you know, we had 14 chances a week. It was game day. Yeah. Before lunch service, before dinner service, and before everyone was game day. You know, you you had to be ready for that pressure. It was going to happen. They were going to flood through your doors, and that's what you wanted. If you try to downplay that, then you're not going to be ready. Yeah. And I think the other part of this conversation, which is such a good parallel between sports and business, is the idea of expectation, right? Mm -hmm. In that game, unfortunately, a, a lot of that pressure went to Brady, right? Yeah. He's not the only member of that team. But he's the, you know, I guess the general manager, right? Yeah. right? Yeah, you would put him there. He is the, the figurehead. He's the most important person. Yeah. So it was, everybody was looking at Tom to pull you through. If something's not going right, you know, he's going to make the adjustments. He's going to help us win. Yeah. And he fell short of that. Yeah. Well, I, I say like, that with a smile. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He gets us. so sad it. that it didn't work out. <laughs> I can tell. Well, and like business, I think, you know, he has that extra pressure, but every member of that team had some sort of pressure on sure. it. Yeah. Maybe different. Maybe it was a new contract or maybe it was, you know, something else. We're just like in the restaurant, the general manager owner might have a, some sort of pressure on them. But there's a lot of external and internal pressures from each person on that team. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's the you know, customer, whether it's not part of the restaurant, home stuff. There's a lot of pressures that go but with that and kind of relate to that. There's the, one thing we know. It's the general manager's job to relieve you of that pressure. Right. You can have the pressure on you, but the general manager's one that's got to make it okay. Yeah. All right? Same thing with the quarterback, Tom Brady. He's got to make it okay. He's got to relieve you of that pressure. 
And in that case, it didn't happen. Now he's had seven other cases that did happen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but in that one, it didn't. But that's in there as a general manager. He's got to make it okay for everybody. You know, we call it organized chaos sometimes. Get that general manager just to get everything calmed down. Everybody running right again. Take a breath. No. Yeah. And I think the third element when we look at pressure is also the element of distraction, right? How much of them falling short was the fact that it was Super Bowl week and you have all this media and you got everyone taking pictures and, right. and you're out of your pregame routine, you're out of your week routine. Yeah. I think the, I personally, and I said this, the biggest part, the biggest distraction was the Miami Dolphins. All the guys that are still around. So obnoxious. Right. Just openly rooting for you to lose. Yes. And they're everywhere, right? They're everywhere. Every time you turn around, they're on the TV, they're in the newspaper, they're on the internet. They're everywhere. They're openly rooting for you to lose. And, you know, that's distracting, especially when you're Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, so I, I thought that was the biggest distraction of them all. Yeah. And one they never had a deal with before or after. Right. Especially having people like that openly against yeah. you. Yeah. 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 It was pretty brutal. Yes. Yeah. And I think as we tie that, you know, our first example back, I think it is, you know, there's some definite lessons there in terms of, you know, being aware of pressure, talking about pressure. Like you probably could have fixed it if they just acknowledged, okay, hey, see those guys over there? They're rooting against us. Like coming away to like, you know, change mindset or reframe right. it in some way. Yeah, well, it's just like if you have a table of 10 set up in your restaurant and you want to acknowledge that. You don't want to just be like, Let's, you know, don't tell nobody there's a table of 10. <laughs> we got this table of 10 coming, the VIP, to know the owner, but yeah. don't tell nobody. No, you want to acknowledge that. Yeah. You want to let them know, yeah, we're going to have some pressure on us with, with this table tonight. But, you know, it's a table of 10 for one, which is a little harder to handle, and they, they know the owner. So, you yeah. know, we have some pressure, we're going to work through it. Here's the game plan, here's what we're going to do. Just like game day, going right. out to the field, right? What's the game plan? What are we going to do? Acknowledge the pressure, but the pressure, but acknowledge how we're going to handle it. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, so our next example. Oh, just <laughs> <laughs> excited already. <laughs> yeah, well, this is a big one here. You talk about uh, you know, just not being ready, being distracted. This is the the for me, it's the ultimate. This was a pay per view fight. Almost nobody watched. Yes. Because it was just a waste of time. Tyson's knocking guys out in 30 seconds, you know, maybe 90 seconds. I I was one, I almost didn't watch it. Just because I just knew what was going to happen, right? Tyson's right. going to go destroy you, and I'm going to waste $45. <laughs> <laughs> but I want, I did, I rented it, and I watched it, and you, you saw the biggest upset at that time, probably boxing history. Yeah. Because one guy came prepared, handled the pressure, and took out who was the baddest man on the planet at the time. And just dismantled him because he wasn't ready. He, right. he didn't handle the pressure. He didn't get himself ready. He just walked in there and thought he would do what he always did. Yeah, and I think you said it. With the pressure, kind of goes to the preparation. Yeah, right. I mean, some of that pressure can oh, be yeah. taken off if your preparation and the muscle memory and all that stuff, you know, yep. go through. No different than getting ready for a holiday in the restaurant. Same thing. You know, yes, you could have done it so many times and been successful, but if you took a little bit of eye off the ball for Mother's Day last year. And you didn't look at every single order correctly, and you didn't look at the staffing correctly. Well, then when that day happens and the pressure is on because it's maybe the busiest day of the year. If, if it was Mother's Day, would you not check the reservation book? <laughs> Part of preparation, right? Right. How, how many? Do we, how do we got to set these tables? How many tables do we need to set? How many tens? How many sixes? How many fours? Right. 
Tyson didn't do any of that. Yeah. Tyson went out and had Chinese food. <laughs> that was all the things. Chinese food all week, which is no no loaded with sodium, right? Yeah, so yeah. be doing that before a fight. <laughs> that, that's what he did for yeah. you know, like the last the last two weeks leading up to the fight. Didn't train, didn't do anything. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how you think you could win at anything without putting the work in. Yeah. And that's such a, you know, key element to this. I think it's, you know, reminding ourselves, like you said, every day is game day. And yep. I think being aware when we talk about pressure that sometimes the pressure just inherently comes from our guests. I know, I think Scott and I, we were on a call a couple weeks ago, you know, talking about one of those holidays that happened and the team really fell short. But remembering that sometimes the pressure is coming from the guests, right? Because mm -hmm. they're about to spend a lot of money on an event that's, you know, a once in a whatever thing, yeah. whether once a year for a birthday or anniversary or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, without your team even realizing it, those stakes are elevated, right? Sure. How can you screw up my mom's dinner on her 80th yeah, right. birthday? Yeah, yeah. Right? And all of a sudden, this was just a table of eight, and now all of a sudden, it's, it's a, the 80th birthday. birthday. With high expectations. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I think your team being aware that sometimes you're just thrown in to that and not, you know, and not prepared. Right, and that's why, you know, like I said earlier, it's good to talk about. Hey, it's going to be a little tough. It is an 80th birthday party. There's going to be, you know, 20 of them here. But this is how we're going to handle it. You know, you're not alone. We have somebody that's going to run the food. That's when it's going to bust them. That's going to get the drinks. You just take care, you know, making sure they have drinks and their food's delivered to the right person. Like, break it out and know what everybody's doing. That's part of the process. That's going to have you prepared. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen in the last, you know, three years as our staffs have transitioned. I mean, chances are, if that same table came in in 2019, you probably had the go-to team right. between the server and the chef, and they just knew how to get it done, yeah. right? And as the owner, you just, you, you didn't have to worry about it. They did it, right? And they took care of it. And now I think some of this is just training the team on how to handle the situation, even if it is going back to basics, because, you know, we can't assume anything. We can't assume they know how to handle it. There's some generational stuff yeah. there, right, Scott? Well, we, we go to the sports analogies all the time, and, and John Wooden, right, one of the most famous basketball coaches ever at college, the first day of practice every season, he would have all the players tie their shoes. <laughs> and he would make sure that they were tying the shoes how he wanted them tied because he couldn't start basketball until you got yeah. to that step. And I think as you're saying, is you're getting back to the basics. We need to kind of think like that is, all right, the server that we had five years ago, we took for granted that they knew on a special event that they had to do it. Yeah. But this next generation right. of servers, it's not that they don't want to, they just don't have that experience. They were probably a front desker maybe a year ago, or maybe, yeah. right, and then a different part of it. All they had to do is say hi and walk them to the table. Right. That's a different amount of pressure than a two-hour service of right. 10 people that is oh, celebrating. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's, you know, this is a great way to get us thinking about, also, you know, it can be a great opportunity because now we can have how we handle special occasions our way, right? What are right. some of the extra things that we can add you know, to make it a memorable thing for the guests, make sure they know that we're aware, um, and, you know, just reset, right? Come up with right. our own new set of guidelines and, and almost do a practice run, almost like a fire drill, right? Oh, yeah. Like, let's practice with every one of our servers. Yeah. So if you get that special table that no one expected, here's how you're going to handle it, and here's who, who you have for resources to help you through it. Yeah, and I think exactly what you said, like practicing it, that was something, you know, we used to do in the restaurants. We would practice service. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's important. It's like anything else, practice makes perfect. So some of these things that you haven't done in the past, and, and maybe you have botched a few big events that, you know, we all have, 
let's run some practice. Let's yeah. get out there and run a few routes. Let's see who's your best route runner. All right, you get them out there, get everybody going, and let's see and let's see where that takes you. You you may find out that you have someone that you haven't been giving them parties to that really blows your mind that they were amazing at it. Yes. Right. You just don't know and, until you do some of these practice runs. Yeah, and I think it's okay that, like you said, practice putting pressure on them just to see how they respond. So I think right. that brings us up to our next one, which, you know, <laughs> Rory, this is uh, Rory at uh, Augusta, the, the Masters, his first year leading. Everyone thought he would uh, win it by a mile. He was leading significantly. And total collapse on the back nine, right? <laughs> which nobody saw coming because this was Rory. He'd already been a standout. He's already had some wins and just total mental block. And I think, um, you know, it's a great example of that putting the pressure on each team member just to see how they handle it, right? Some people rise to the occasion, some people really struggle when the line lights on them, but you know, a great exercise could be, hey, go into your restaurant, right? Get seated as a guest, yeah. see who waits on you, right? Absolutely. That's not a bad test. So in your opinion, so you're the golfer, <laughs> did, did he, his, was he just not prepared or he let the pressure get to him? I think both, right? I think, um, you know, especially in golf, like you said, it's probably a little of the Mike Tyson, right? Like everyone expects you to win. You've already had some wins. Right. You play well. You've played well. Like, you know, what's not to think this is going to happen? But I think also just that, you know, the pressure of knowing this is that next level that, you know, once you win the Masters, you're in the Masters for life. Like there's a whole other okay. level of winning the Masters versus other majors. So I think, you know, just that pressure just – yeah, he kind of crumbled. A little, a little bit too much. Yeah. 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 And I think that's where, you know, as an owner, being aware of expectations, right? Because a lot of this also was just right. the expectations. The entire world, like you said with Mike Tyson, what's the point of even watching? Like, right. You know this outcome. You right. know Rory's going to win. And, you know, and I think the other piece in golf especially, because golf is a longer game and it's four hours, yeah. so similar to a night, right? Like once things started to not go his way, he just imploded, right? Just like, the, once the golf ball went in the water for the first time, <laughs> it wasn't the last time. Right. And so similar to our team, like, it's okay to watch them, right? Because right. if, if they really crumble and once they have one bad table, it turns into five bad tables, yeah, right. like, you need to be aware of that right. and know what, what are the levels I can pull, mm -hmm. you know, which I loved your earlier example of one of our other episodes of the music. Right, what are the things I could do to just reset my team? Like, yes, some, you know, tables just walked out, gave you zero for a tip, right. yelled at you, right? There's, there's nothing we can do, right? Like, we don't want that to happen, but you still have other tables. Right. It's 7 o'clock, right? The next Long night over. <laughs> like, what, what can we do? How can we train our managers to help yeah. our team reset? I think that's the most important thing. I know I was always very in tune to that, what was going on with everyone. I'm watching the tables, I'm watching the body language of the servers, the bartenders, everybody. Body language will tell you everything. And if I saw a customer that was at table a little upset, then I would grab the server of that table and you know, ask what's going on. And if they seem a little hot and heavy about it, that's where you have to do, you know, work your magic. Calm them down, right, get, get them back in the right frame of mind, and send, you know, send them back over there, you know, to do it correctly and calm that person down. But if you're not watching, not looking for all these body languages, then you're never going to see it and you're going to get it when it explodes. Yeah. yeah. 
And I think that also speaks to, like we said before, where as much as you don't want to be in your restaurant 70 hours a week, as much as you want, you know, that life balance, there is an element of you being in there in these key moments. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to see some things that just maybe a regular manager is not going to see. And maybe if you're lucky enough to have a really good general manager, depending on, they may be able to see that. But again, whether it's you or that person developing the next person to see that, right? Like you said, you could stay on the expo line and stand there for five minutes. And if you see server hustle, bustle, slamming glasses to get ice and, you know, just you could just tell they're frantic. At that point, is there a buster that could go help that person? You know, is there? Can you get before it gets to five tables that are going downhill really quickly and jumping in? But again, not every manager is going to be able to see that quickly, right. and someone's going to develop that. That well, right. Uh, and the owner's job is to develop that manager, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have to be there seventy hours. Right. Right. But I, I, you know, I don't think you just totally walk away from your business because I trained the manager. No, you can't, right? Because you never have a business too long. No. So. Can can you maybe not take your wife to dinner on a Friday night? Sure, yeah. you know, but you train that manager so you could get out of there for right. four hours. Yeah, yeah. We, you know that's understood. But to just think that I'm just going to throw my arms up and stay at home, I mean, it's not going to work, right? No. Yeah. You're the not owner, long-term. right? Right, <laughs> not long term is right. <laughs> You're the one that needs to be the one driving it. Yeah, and that calm in the storm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I always say that. You know, I always felt like you have to be that person because. Every 10 minutes, somebody's going to be getting mad about something. <laughs> right. right. But if you're there to calm it down real quick, and sometimes when you're there, they won't get mad. Yeah. They know they can't, right? But if you're not there to get a little bit further because nobody's yeah. here, he's not here, she's not here, all right, I could throw my temper tantrum, right. and John is going to let me go take a cigarette break. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? So that's why it's important. Like, you set your standards. You know, you let, when you're there and when you're not there, it all has to operate soon. Yeah. yeah. Now, as our final question, I would say, um, you guys are great at interviewing, hiring, you've done it a lot. How do you know if someone is good under pressure, especially in that key manager role, GM role? So, I talked about this with Scott earlier today. When I'm interviewing someone, I like a very casual interview. And I like to start with their hobbies, what do they do when they're not working, you know, wife, kids, husband, whatever, you know. What's going on with your life? Are you a family man? family woman, and what are your hobbies? And talk about that for a little while. So you'll see how passionate they are about that. Now when we start trickling into work, is it the same passion? Mm. If they have that same passion they have for their family, they're going to handle the pressure because they're passionate about it. But if they don't care about it, then they're not going to care. They're either going to be way down here and yeah. no emotion, yeah. or they want to go through the roof and you know start throwing stuff. <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. But if you yeah. get that person that's passionate, they're going to take necessary steps to get this flowing right. Yeah. They're going to stay calm, you know. And I, I've always said, I don't care how crazy it gets; it doesn't matter. The ceiling could be falling. You never let them see you sweat. Mm-hmm. You stay calm. You handle every situation. You could be scared. You could be nervous, but never let anybody say it. Just stay calm, and everybody else will stay calm. If you get crazy, everybody's going to get crazy. Customers, staff, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and I think all those interviews, too, you're saying, have very specific questions. Tell me a time on how you handled when this happened. I think it's harder to just kind of make stuff up when you're asking for very specific times. Walk me through. How are you the calming force? What did you do? And I think you'll be able to feel from their energy, kind of what Chris saying, what it was like when that happened. And I think the, the good manager that you're trying to relate to, you're going to get a feel based upon their body language, how they're explaining how they came in, either saved the day or didn't save the day. Yeah. You know, just because it was a bad shift doesn't make them a bad manager, but 
Um, I think on the interview side, it's just very specific, kind of, or kind of we said earlier, role play. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'll pretend to stand up. <laughs> I'm going to stand here. I'm going to be the customer, and we're going to role play. Right. Yeah. And I know it feels awkward at first that we're role playing this, but get in your get be an actor. <laughs> get in get in there and, and show me what you would that do. That used to be done routinely before yeah. the pandemic part of that. You know, and you know, like Scott and I talked about earlier today, we'd like to tell them to come in for two hours and hang out. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to make sure we're a good fit, make sure you're a good fit. But have the person come in and hang out and hang out with a manager and just watch his body language. Yeah. Right. Does he really care what's going on? Does he care too much? Is he, right. little, you know, maybe a little crazy? <laughs> <laughs> right? You, you want to find that person that's yeah. just right in there that yeah. fits your location right. and yeah. your culture. Yeah. No, and those are some great advice. So I think if you're listening to this and you haven't thought about pressure, right, especially if you're in hospitality, pressure exists. Right, and the whole idea behind you know this shot right here podcast is to get us all talking about it and really find ways that we all can, you know, get better at handling some of these yeah. crazy situations that we're faced with every day. Well, thank you. We'll see you guys on our next episode.